Hey everybody, holy crap, it's Christmas. <laughs> Seems like it gets here faster each year. So stop complaining about all your woes and spread some mother truck and flipping Christmas cheer. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo, Merry flipping Christmas. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Um, that's all I'm doing. Shit, that's short and sweet. Well, Ali, you've only found it today. Don't know that one. Merry flipping Christmas by Bowling for Soup, I think it is. Or, yeah, I don't know. Lost the reference, screenshots and lyrics, mm. but yeah, nah, gave up. Barney had something else that he suggested at me, and I could think he could probably follow at the moment why I'm not pulling it out of the out just yet. But uh, yeah, that got us in here anyway. That'll do. Welcome to episode number. Uh, should be 35, I think. Uh, and who have we got with us today, mate? <clears throat> Joined by a photographer who's been celebrated and shared out a little bit in our podcast along the way. But uh, welcome to the uh, Skype studio, Ben Hosking. Thank you. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. No, no, really nice that you found some time to be available, mate. But yeah, good to have you on board. I sort of mentioned um, too that, yeah, when we sort of spotted, uh, we started doing the VW magazine with Heath from Gutter to Gutter and realised that you'd shot the cover of that magazine that we'd managed to pick up. But yeah, we were sort of considering then at that point, if it's only out quarterly as well, you know, it's a pretty precious place to hold the uh, hold the position on that one. But, yeah. Um, Working with Craig for a while now, and uh, it's, it's amazing what he does pretty much on his own. You know, you've got to support independent print as well where you can, and there's not many of, not many magazines left, is there? No. There's bugger all. <laughs> Definitely came up in our podcast because we were just looking for maybe a, a four-cylinder-based magazine in the country or something that was a bit more in tune with uh, what Static was into and then realised at that moment that, hang on, all those little magazines I remember aren't a thing anymore. So yeah, uh, express so, publications they stopped <clears throat> stopped all their right. car magazines a few years ago. Now they they yeah. took fast fours and hot fours and Zoom and HPI with them all in one yeah. go. Yeah, mm. and I guess without um, blasting our own klaxon, you know, it's good that we're out here sort of celebrating Street Machine magazine through the podcast. But also, you know, we've had a few of you guys make yourselves available to come on board and chat with us too, contributors to the magazine, you know, so that's been really good, a really good connection. The old Never Late podcast managed to get along the way. So, yeah, no, really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing, that, <clears throat> you know, revolving around the, around the magazine and that, that, you know, that amount of passion that, that uh, will attract this kind of attention, you know, like having a podcast primarily based around the one magazine is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, no, it's been, yeah, and yeah, I was buying it with me pocket money as a kid, so it's funny to be able to do it, and even in custom car, even in custom cars, I was, I was driving content that hard that I thought, geez, if I was the average bloke, I'd maybe would have stopped going to the news agents, because we had a fair bit of really good content, and um, <laughs> yeah, so, to then, we've all done an Australian street riding and a cruising here and there as well to fill gaps, but um, no, it's been really good stuff. So I guess on our normal, so that we don't stretch out to be a, some sort of two-hour session, I guess, but um, did you have some general business you wanted to introduce us to, Adrian? Uh, yeah, I, I just had... had... My... There you go. Yeah, if I could just, in... if I just interject, because you used to push me for Nash updates every second episode, but looking for a big blue update, I suppose, since the um, front-end mm. alignment scenario and... The uh, Geelong pothole incident. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just got him back together 
tonight actually so it's back on the ground uh going for a wheel alignment tomorrow i've had the tires uh, the front tires i was scrubbing on the inside so i've taken the little cheese cutters to um down to our friend justin at doherty's and um they swapped the tires over it's had an oil and filter change mm-hmm. did a bit of a clean up underneath so um all going to plan and be ready to roll for our uh our cruise on sunday which we can give a plug yeah we can definitely plug that one because um meeting up at uh the cabaret place out on main road in ballarat and at about 8 15 to roll on at 8 30 and hit ourselves via ross creek um into smithsdale and snake valley and then on to beaufort to the skinny sisters cafe so if you're north of the cafe head to the cafe by you know around 10 but we'll probably be there a little earlier than that because I guess I'm sort of chuckling at our timeline. But yeah, we're never late, so it may as well be a bit, may as well be ridiculously early. <laughs> well, we'll just say uh, all those times were approximate based on Google Maps time to to get to each place we're stopping to. But anyway, we'll be there at some stage. We'll be there by ten, yeah. I reckon. But, um, yeah. One bit of general business I did want to bring up is um, reading one of the sister mags unique cars and i think is i think uh, i think it was mr morley i think i can't remember if it was morley or something well, anyway one of them there's a good article in there um about replica cars um oh, yeah. rather building a replica car he said why not build a ghost what's a ghost so build a ghost of a car that actually existed so if you say if you're going to do up to phase three Go find one that's been written off, and yep, put all, instead of putting all your effort into making a clone or or et cetera, et cetera, you know, build that car that was yellow with deleted stripes with you know X amount of gears in it. Obviously, you can't change the VIN number or anything, but um, you know, he said it doesn't have to be that. He said I'd love to build a ghost of my old man's HQ Kingswood, you know, yep. paint it the same and all that. I thought that's a really good idea. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I like it. I can tell you that a dear mate of mine had a HT GDS that he but he that's not the car he wanted. What he wanted was the, an Indy Orange HG GDS. So he built that HT into that HG that he wanted, mm. and he and he was rolling an absolutely gorgeous bloody aquamarine HJ, HJ LS coupe with silver honeycombs on it as well. And again, that car was way off the spec that it was supposed to be, but it was the spec that he wanted it to be. It was the one that he'd always wanted. So he, you know, took the one that was a different spec and built it into those, into those cars. But yeah. Yeah. I just Uh, thought it was a good take on, you know, um, you know, there's, there's obviously stuff like your phase two and your threes, you know, out of the, out of the reach of mere mortals and you know there's plenty of people pumping money into replicas it's like well you know find find one that's no longer with us and you know build it off the spec sheet because you know all all those gts are different in some way shape or form whether it be you know they've ordered it with this or ordered with a spoiler or without you know etc so i don't know i just thought it was interesting and i thought it was thought it was good good idea yeah, and, well, and like he says, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a GDS or a Monaro or it could it could be anything. It could be a it could be a granddad's Corona that you remember driving around in. If it was bright blue, you know, buy something and do it up like that sort of thing. I thought it was yeah, it was a great my, idea. I'm going to do my bright orange SJ Camaro then. I yeah. want that. So that's, I, that's I want need that Camaro for sure. Absolutely, yeah, love it, Scotty. Sorry, Ben. 
Could you even find a donor car for that project anymore? Surely they've no gone to the crusher yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. And talking about GTs too, a um another car, a local hero, a 36 coupe that we absolutely love. Um, real dark, dark purple that you can barely spot the taillights because it's got the LEDs down on the peak. He's just bought himself an XYGT. He's been cleaning shop, mate. He's been but he's selling and selling in Detroit because he's wanted one forever and managed to snag one. So we'll be seeing an XYGT running around pretty soon around town local to us, you know, but he was at Street Speed and Mayhem with the um, 36 Coupe and stuff too. So, oh, yeah. That's good. Anyway, and also, yeah. Uh, no, well, the other one I wanted to mention because we've shouted out our own um, Roundup um, cruise, but um, the Ballarat, oh, Bonnie, Street, the, the Ballarat Street meet. Yeah. So Saturday at the Old Masters car park in Lemont Road, um, Bonnie Arnell or Arnie's automotive photography is running Ballarat Street meet, uh, which 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., um, which should be a pretty good thing. It would be a fair turnout. Ballarat's a bit keen to be, get out. I reckon there'll be a few there. It's, yeah, well, yeah, it's good. It's a yeah, it's a nice bloody twilight setup out there. So, yep. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll just hopefully we don't get any um, you know, dickheads doing stupid stuff, and we can have. Yeah, it oh, that's so. what. I, well, I actually, I had that down here too, hooning free, you know. And again, there's you know, there's no financial gain to people putting these shows on, and we just need to do the right thing. So. Um, I know um, Combi for a Cause are going to be there as well. So they got a few what, food trucks in that there, I think. So yeah, a little bit of that action. So yeah, that's and um, also also post our cruise back into town. I know that there's kind of a local car club sort of guru who has a bit of a gathering. So it might even be you know, possible. I'll I'll clear it with him. But on the cruise back into Ballarat, we can maybe head via that one, which is only around the corner from your place, mate. Just out of um, out in the arena there. So. Yeah, we'll have a look into that. So well, let's crack into <clears> our um, guest questions, shall we? We certainly can, mate. And get bring Ben Ben back into the conversation, but um, I don't have them printed out with me, just so you're forewarned I've that just, I am that I am ill prepared. So I've just copied them over from the last time. <clears> so well, that's all good. You want me to start? Yeah, you could lead on, mate. All right. Um, right, Ben. Uh, this is just where we get a bit of a feel for your car background and what, sure. what ticks your boxes and whatever. So, first car-related memory. Anything oh, I think about this, and um, it's, it's hard to pinpoint because it's such a young age. So I grew up with my uncle who was into hot riding back in the early '60s and always had a big suitcase full of old uh, stuff. Uh, Aussie hot rod magazines from back then, and they're still floating around my grandmother's place, actually. But um, probably didn't see a pile of hot rod mags. Just, uh, you know, they had this cool section in, in each issue, which was devoted to scale models. And um, you're seeing these guys with the, you know, the nice, neat, slick back hair and um, well-dressed going to these scale model events as if they yeah. were like, um, you know, it's almost like a suit and tie thing. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I started building model cars from about, I think, about 10 years old and did that for a long time. And that that's probably my earliest memories, just digging through my uncle's uncle, uncle's magazine collection. Cool. The old model, yeah. I was the same. I used to do models. I used to <clears> buy <throat> myself a model every Christmas with some Christmas money and I'd mm. sit there for 
couple of weeks putting it together. <laughs> good fun. Good fun. So for you, probably, and you've probably seen it along the way too, Ben, like these guys that are building beautiful cars are also tinkering models on the buddy coffee table in the lounge room of a night and that too. Like it's still a big part of the scene we love, you know. It's also good because at such a young age, like I didn't really have a, a father figure around, but um, doing this, the, the models, even though it's not in fine detail, it still gave me a really good basis of the primary components of, of what made up a vehicle yep. and anatomy. And that, I think it gave me a good grounding for learning more as I went along. Yep. Yeah. And I normally ask a bit sooner too, what year are you, mate? What, when were you born, Ben? 78. Just turned Seven. 44 last week. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Similar Pretty. vintage. Did you ever do any of the, um, the hot rod branded models? Like um, I remember one One of my favourites was the, the Pink Panther, yeah, that weird Pink Panther hot rod car. I, I can still remember trying to put that together. That was, <laughs> that was weird as. Did a few kind of Ed Roth style yeah. crazy customs, but uh, I didn't do that particular one. Yeah. Oh, I've got to go for my own callback. What about the monogram 57 that you could do either painted up with the bloody flames and all that stuff? Did you do one of those 57 builds? Because, you know, Barney, as in Tim Barnett, big fan of that car. He wants to build a real one of those. <laughs> I, I certainly did two or three of the ones where you could kind of choose your own adventure, but not that yeah. one. No. Not that particular one. Yeah, there we go. Or uh, from a lot of ones. No, that's cool. And that's I think that's probably the first car-related <clears throat> memory that wasn't actually about a car so that's cool i like it yeah yeah we'll take that that's good and then we go straight on to first car mate. is that the one yep Ayo. yep so what's the first car that you owned that you maybe bought with your own money or yeah. had a uh a vc sedan nice. uh, you know after a certain movie came out i was able to retroactively coin a term for it called 50 shades of gold <laughs> yeah, I like it. The engine 202 blew up after a week and it was full of rust. It was just just an absolute piece of crap. But um <laughs> still made a lot of good memories in it. Uh, Probably yeah. two years and sold it on. Got my next car. Yeah. No. A Camera. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Scotty's been, Scotty, Scotty's been a bit quiet on the intro to this episode. You can throw a few more lines in if you want, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll do what I want. <laughs> oh, always have, always will. <laughs> uh, next one's favourite car. Have you got a favourite car out of your collection that you've had, Ben? I'd say it was the next car that I had, which was a VP, uh, V6 executive, you know, like probably a million other P-platers had. Yep. Uh, around that time. Um, and it was a much better car. It had like 150,000 on it. And um, it was the one I spent the most time on, the most time with, had it for a long time. Um, it ended up becoming a Street Commodore's project car when I was working there. Yep. And um, um, didn't ever, unfortunately, quite get finished. It had ended up with a twin turbo alloy tech in it, hmm. uh, six speed auto. Um, but uh, yeah, just never quite got it running. Got ticked around, got over it, and got rid of it. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. We got Twin that. Turbo V6. Yeah, I was always looking to do something different. And um, at the time, it was still a brand new engine, and uh, we were able to finagle one out of Holden. 
still in the box and um, yeah, did tech stories on it and yeah, it was, had just had a lot of fun. Obviously, a lot more fun when it was still running. But, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's probably you know is that the next one, mate? Regretful sale? Is that where we come in next, Ao, on your list? Yeah, regretful sale. Yeah. <laughs> I should say that. I'm terribly unsentimental. So, uh, you know, by the time it left me, I was ready to see the back of it. Uh, but generally, I've, anything I've sold, I've never really missed, um, whether it be cars or guitars or anything else. Um, yep. Yeah, just tend to go that way with things. Yep. Nah, good stuff. Yep. No good looking backwards. Nothing to be going That's back it. there. Yeah, That's no. it. Well, more recently found out that the VP is, I think, sitting in a container somewhere on the mid-north coast with the powertrain all stripped out, the engine bay mostly cut out of it and uh, just unfinished. And I get the impression it's probably going to stay that way, which is a bit sad, but um, yep. that's what happened. I think the, the new owner was planning to put a twin-turbo Holden V8 in it, um, but, uh, yeah, maybe he just wasn't yeah. finished. Yeah, that's it. What, uh, you, you mentioned guitars there. What? What's been in the collection there, mate? Mm -hmm. Oh, so many have come and gone, come and gone over the years. It's um, again, it's it's that situation of not being very sentimental. So if something's not getting used for an extended period of time, I just sell it and buy something else. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm like that. <laughs> but at the moment, mm -hmm. my, my number one is uh, something I actually built by myself. Uh, oh, first yeah. Full build that I did. It was um, I did a course here in the Hunter Valley um, over about six months, every Monday night, and just built it up from a, a few planks of wood. And yep. um, ended up turning out exactly as I originally planned, and now I play it live and beat the crap out of it, and it just loves it. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. But I've got uh, a few others, PRS, uh, a few Ibanez, um, nice Taylor acoustic that, I got. I used to have a maiden, but I was always too afraid to leave it out on the guitar stand, so I ended up. <laughs> ended up I've, got, I've got a maiden, but it's not a pretty one. It's it's had a hard life. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was afraid of. Yeah, just too afraid. I should have just left it out and just played it, but um, sold mm -hmm. it and bought a Taylor GS Mini, which is all laminated except for the top, so it's a lot more sturdy and. Um, yeah. It's never been in the case, and it's. Probably could do with a neck reset now, but it's it's gotten plenty more play than the other one did. Yeah, nice. Mm. Nice. Oh, well, that's a nice little uh, see, uh, side topic. That's okay. Uh, what do we got next? Favorite event? You got a favorite car event or a, an event you like to get along to? Um, I guess I like certain things about a lot of the different events that I've gone to over the years. You know, I like the scale of Summonats, um, but for my own personal reasons, I'm kind of been glad that I haven't gone for a long time. Uh, back when I was great Commodore, after run a trade band and run a team of people and a video crew, get cars photographed for features and all this kind of stuff, and it was just such a headache. I haven't been for about 12 or 13 years now, and I really still haven't missed that one, but scale <laughs> The scale of it and all the different kind of things you get to see that it's just such a special event um uh, but also love i love motor x yeah just because of the glamour of it you yeah. know you, you get to see the cars in 
exactly the way the owners want you to see them. Um, and generally, a lot of them are fresh, so it's stuff you haven't seen. It's just, um, yeah, I'd probably say those two. But then you've got Power Cruise. you got a lot of thrills and spills there. Um, I still remember going to the first Sydney one all those years ago, and it was, it was pretty eye-opening. You know, just had people doing absolutely crazy stuff. And uh, that's definitely something worth going and seeing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, see the videos of it. Look, it looks pretty awesome. Yeah, but bringing you back to Motorex too, I know, like you know, Adrian's a bit of a budding. You know, he likes to take a few photos and plays around on the computer a bit too. But really enjoyed seeing the way cars were lit down at Motorex. You know, yep. you get the be- get the best of everything. But you know, I had some pretty heart stopping moments around some fairly spectacular cars as well, where you, you just stand there and take it all in in one and you you know you can barely move around the car you know there's some stunning examples and right. yeah def- definitely the lighting was a big part of it that actually comes into a bit of a mention but maybe when we do the magazine too shortly so um can we go on is it dream car AO? is that the yep. next one yeah yep. in a world in a world where not money's no object and yeah you can just tick, tick something off your bucket list of dreams you know? it's funny you Funny you should say money is no object because I've been thinking about this question and um, it, it kind of took me back to childhood where I, you know, when you had untold amount of spare time on your hands and more than once I found myself sitting there creating a list of lottery cars, you know, like what would I spend if I won the lottery? Yeah. <laughs> it's a really familiar vibe to bloody boyhood. Yeah, I know it well. <laughs> be honest the list hasn't changed very much i think it's probably shorter these days because we've probably just forgotten most of it but um uh i think and it's i think it's pretty varied like i think at the top of the list for me it's probably a three five a three six five uh, speedster yeah three five six yeah. um not like not really into the replicas with the flared guards but i'm happy with a replica yeah because let's face it you'd probably be afraid to drive the real thing yeah um, yeah like a certain guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah no, I'd like to. I'd like to see you in one. So you know, put that put that good vibe out there. Yep. What else is on the list? The uh, the TV show was rubbish, but Beverly Hills, the original Beverly Hills, nine hundred two one zero with that black speedster that was in that show. Like that was worth watching the show just to see that. Yeah. <laughs> the next car would be a C four Corvette. Yep. We, you know, it was kind of like the. Besides the Countach, they run all the boys out on their walls at my age. But um, yeah. C4 Vet, I think, was like the car at the yeah. time, and it's still the same for me now. Yeah, uh, she was I'm just still a big fan. Yeah. And, you know, C5 and on was obviously all more technologically advanced and, and no doubt a greater car to yeah. drive. But it's just something about the way it looks, and um, it just still sticks with me. I actually just read, read through a C4 um, – uh, book recently it was um restorer's guide or something like that and it had a lot of cool facts in there i didn't know and yeah c4 vet that's another one um yep. model a ford with a 32 grill roadster yep. yep definitely early 60s style i think it comes back to the influence of my uncle's hot rod mags again just yep. um yeah it's always been on near the top of my probably my, in my top two or three um yeah, like oh. young Aaron, 
Young Aaron Devlin up there punishing his bloody A-model Roadster with the wire block in it, but that car's getting celebrated everywhere now, but he's just a young lad that grew up with a dream, but Pop had the bloody um, back at uh, Lost in the 50s shop in Dalesford, so there were magazines everywhere, you know, that boy just grew up loving hot rods, but, you know, they got the misled Youth Australia Club and they're out rolling heaps of shows, but they're just good kids. Good kids, good values, great manners, you know. Yeah, it's really I ran into them recently at the the Rose Hill show. I was there shooting it for Street Machine and um, uh, did a group shot with all of them. It was impressive that they drove them all that way. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, they now they're don't drive them. <laughs> <laughs> rain, rain, hail and shine. But you know, I've been buddy. I've been in hot rods with Aaron when it started raining. You know, we've buddy taken a car for a whole weekend, a model tub with bloody airbags and a Windsor and uh, no roof at all and just whatever came at us came at us, you know. So, yeah, so you get wet, but you get dry again. You get cold, but you get warm after it. You know, you still got those memories of those moments. So, oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, more, I guess. <laughs> Chop, slammed, 54 Chev, satin black. Uh, yeah. 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 That would probably do it for me, I think. <laughs> sounds like a good mix. Sounds like good. Sounds like good shed to me. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yep. Bit of Euro, bit of bit of Yank muscle, bit of hot rod. It's good. Like it. Yep. Uh, what do we got next? Current car. You got any, any anything special you're driving at the minute, mate? Or? Uh, no, I think um, at least at this point in my life. The young child and other distractions. I think I'm happy with just the daily, which is a VF Series Two SV6 wagon. Yep. Um, yep. Just long padded coilovers and some really wide twenties, and um, it just uh, they look good. Great, great for driving. Like it's such a comfortable car. It steers really well and um, good on fuel, which has been good because <clears throat> shooting cars all over the place, you do a lot of kilometres. Yeah, you're right though, Adrian. They're a bloody stunning looking car. Like their style. Mm. Yeah, I think the VF, I think the VF, as far as the, the modern era of Commodores, I think the VF is probably the best one they made. I think probably from, off of me personally, probably VX, I reckon. VX yeah. is a bit of a favourite, but apart from that, V, the VF, I reckon, is, they, they went out with a bang on that one, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Well, are you yeah. Let's not talk about the whimper of the uh, the next one. The what one? <laughs> the whimper of the uh, the green one. Yeah, the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it sees it out with uh, any any words of wisdom you can pass on to our listeners, mate. Uh, I don't want it to sound rehearsed, but I did write something down because I wanted it to sound kind of smart. Yeah. We like to sound kind of smart too, but it doesn't generally work. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Oh, from Scotty. Tell us, Scotty, you don't talk much. Make sure it's all bloody scripted. Yep. <laughs> so what'd you so come what up you with? Doing, whatever you do in life, do it for the passion and the love, but be careful about turning a passion into a job. Yep. Uh, in, in, in my case, it's been photography. Like I started off uh, shooting just because I loved it. And uh, when I started with Street Commodores back in 03, that was as a writer, but um, I was able to shoot cruises and tech stories and dino days and stuff like that. And we're still having a great time. But uh, once I went freelance in 2010 and started shooting cars, 
that's uh, that's when the camera really kind of stopped coming out for anything except a paycheck, and it's been that way pretty much ever since. Yeah. So, um, and like I, in in all the time I've been in car magazines, it's I've had a lot of young guys and the occasional girl come asking questions about getting the car mags and or wanting to be shooting cars, and it's it's always my kind of warning, like you know it'd be fun at first, but you'll find that you'll just stop doing anything else. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But well, a lot of other people who have turned their into, into jobs will say the same thing, regardless of what the subject is. Yeah, and it's yeah, it slides across cars. You know, the mechanics' cars, the Ratley one, and the panel beater doesn't get a chance to touch his own project. And I actually met a guy at the Moon and Bell Patina breakdown who'd gone and bought himself a car because he just doesn't have time to stop and build one. Even though he's building them all day, you know, he sort of went and bought himself a '56 Chev Aussie delivered right-hand drive small block, yeah, you know, red and white '56, but cool car. But yeah, probably not. As he said, not the car I would have built, but you know, it's one I can use. So <laughs> there yeah, you go. No, you're right. But, but you know, again with the experience and everything, it's going to be really interesting to. Uh, bring ourselves across and start to decipher what is the uh, Street Machine Yearbook, which uh, yeah, one, one more quick question, Ben, and it's probably yeah, delving, it's probably delving into that magician's <laughs> secret stuff. But how how much of what we see in the mags now, like, is is there a shit ton of editing, or is it a lot of off the camera? You have know, the cameras getting all digital and fancy like how just how much is real picture and how much is is anything because well, i mean they look fantastic but you look back in those old 80s ones whereas you know obviously just the camera and the and the photography probably wasn't much you know the way of editing as there is now yeah so you can see the, the huge difference in the quality of the pictures <laughs> that are getting turned out now there's no no doubt that digital has permitted a lot more flexibility um back in the film film days and i was thankful i am thankful that i got to start back in the film days using transparency film because it really taught you a lot yeah um, whereas you know everyone that's starting in these days has got immediate feedback and generally don't really need to learn youtube <laughs> yeah. you know, you a lot of people just don't bother to learn about how to shoot manual properly or or no, pay that's another thing I'll say, actually, for um, Wilson Murphy and Aaron Devlin, like they're still shooting on, on um, film and getting it developed, and they're still sort of pushing that side as well. But um, yeah, yeah, we, you know, you can't just snap fifty in buddy two minutes and hope you got three, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. In terms of what's real and what's not, I would say quite comfortably that everything you see is real. Yeah, uh, it's all it's all of a photographic nature. It's not like they've CGI'd anything. Mm. Um, but depending on the style of the shoot, I, I'm assuming you're probably talking about the light painted stuff, which is yeah. primarily um, yeah, not even that. I sort of get how that happens, but I'm talking like um, you know, like you know, really smoothing out like paint, and I don't know. It's just it just it just looks they look they look they look unreal. They look I mean, it's more to do with probably the car being unreal, but you know, it, it really carries across in in the pictures. It's it's I love it. I reckon it's brilliant. The beauty of shooting digital is you can layer things together. So yeah, if, 
using a polarizing filter to knock down reflections in the film days, you'd generally only be able to do that on one side of the car and then there's your shot. So you might get rid of the reflections on the windscreen and the yeah. nose of the car and the side of the car would be all covered in reflections. Yeah. Sometimes otherwise if you don't have a great location. Um, whereas these days you can uh, take a shot and turn the circular polarizing filter and knock the reflections off the next part of the car and yeah. you end up with maybe four or five shots you take home, you blend the best bits blend together, and magic shot. And then yeah. you can then you can drop in a bracketed uh, exposure for the sky, so it's the right exposure. Basically, you're increasing the dynamic range of of the camera, like more than beyond what it can do. Yeah. Without it looking like HDR started mm. off as HDR, horrible from the get go. But um, mm. that kind of thing. So yeah, whether you're shooting during the day, sunset, or at night, you can do that. And then you get to the light painted stuff. The light um, painting is damn cool. I love it. it <laughs> I reckon it's great. I I started messing with that in 2013, and um, having seen guys like John Jovic do it, uh, we were starting to get some shoots come through Street Commodores where he'd done some light painting. And back then, you couldn't just cheaply buy stuff off eBay to to light the car. He was building his own LED lighting rigs. Yep. And and he ended up actually building his own little website explaining his process and everything, which was awesome. I think it's a cornucopia. Might still be online. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's a cool process. And I think if I'm speaking of my own experience and the way I work, I probably end up shooting maybe average 10 to 15 frames on site with each angle of the car, like each particular shot. Um, I may only use between sometimes as low as four or five, sometimes as many as the whole 15 if I'm just using tiny bits just to kind of get it exactly the way I want it. Yep. Perfectionist, which is horrible when you're a photographer. Um, and, yeah, it just allows you ultimate flexibility. But I also love it because it lets you get really slick, professional-looking shots, mm. even without spending 10 grand on lighting equipment. Or more. Yeah. Like my, I've been using the same video light since 2013, and it only cost me 150 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I still yeah. think there's a really big part of art too, which is knowing where to stop, and especially when you've got so many options, then knowing when you're finished, you know. And I think that's the artist in the heart that you know knows when something's done, because I've done it with music, just building bloody musical landscapes on this digital recorder and another guitar track another effect you know I just never quite know whether it's buddy yeah, time to put the stamp on it so 100%. Yeah. and you've also got to be a bit shrewd when you're doing it as a job you've got to know when to stop you're not just pumping yeah. it up too much. Yeah, yeah that's it no that's good that's great yeah well look we uh we're always saying on the on the podcast we're a big fan of your work so um i mean look to be honest all the all the uh, photographers in street machine mm. generally do a pretty good, pretty good job. Can't really fault any of them, but uh, for some reason your name keeps popping up. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. You know, yeah. you generally got to work pretty hard and be pretty good just to get in the front door with street machine, and that's to their credit. Um, they don't just let anyone. Um, yeah. 
write either. You know, you've got to be really good with words and spinning a good yarn to be able to write anything for the street machine. And that's not always the case with other magazines. Um, so, and I'm sure that's a large part of their longevity and why they're still mm. still here. Yeah, allowed to be picky. <clears throat> Yeah, well, here's a bit of a yarn in context too, because the first time I tried to tag you because we'd posted photos, we'd taken a you know, bits of street machine that we'd shouted out, and I got the wrong Ben Hosking, who's also a photographer, but he came back at me. I got a feeling he maybe was wishing he might have been you, or maybe <laughs> maybe we prompted maybe we prompted a change in his career path. You know, come on, I got him onto cars. <laughs> it's probably the architectural photography down in Victoria that you got. Um, I think it was. No, yeah, no. <laughs> we're constantly getting incorrectly tagged as one another, uh, which you know I I don't really care less. I stopped correcting anyone a long time ago. I'm not sure if it bothers him, but um, and I, I think I actually found another one in South Australia. It's like as if there weren't enough Ben Hoskins to start with. But we're taking photos. <laughs> uh, well, let's get on to this mag review, shall we? Yeah. So. Uh... Hell of a cover. What did I write? Because I wrote, started writing special mentions and then realised most of the categories are covered in the uh, yearbook. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's all right. We do something different for a change. Yep, that's it. So, let's go through it. So, how did you start? Did you ma manage to fill the other criteria? I never got a tough shot, but I got the rest, I reckon. I, I actually mentioned a tough shot. Uh, the rest I just went through and listed, you know, stuff that that I liked. Yeah, well, can we start might, up? Might as well leave our, let our guests take take first dibs, eh? Yeah, no, well, you can take. You mentioned the tough shot, so I'll just, I've already opened up to mine. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not mine, it's in me, sorry. <laughs> Actually, what I want to do, what I want to do is just open to the contents page for a sec. Because... Uh -huh. When you're sitting here trying to pick a top car in a magazine anyway, that's like, you know, the first place I generally go. But what a killer selection in this magazine, you know. Because I was sort of thinking that maybe it was, you know, like, I can't remember the yearbook layout last year, but I thought it might have been more of a celebration of the year, but it just seems a bonus 13th magazine out of 12 months, which is okay too, but just killer cars. Like, straight away, I just thought, what a buddy ripping selection. Yeah, interesting like, to see. How, interesting to see how the Ford fans react to only having one Ford in there. Well, that's a good point. I didn't even notice that actually. Fortino, but um, it, you know the Aussie Ford guys are um, you know you can never make everyone perfectly happy. And um, just looking at the contents page, I I imagine there will be a few emails. <laughs> well, I started I started a page and I wrote top car at the top of the page and then I in the end wrote down the name of every vehicle featured in there because I was really battling to 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 omit anybody. So I may mention everybody, but what did you believe your top car in the magazine was, Ben? If I could ask you. Ah, uh, for me it was the Cortina. Cordy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely just, awesome. What a build. Um, and I love that it's in there as well. Um, you know, it's it used to be such a rare thing to see anything that had a Japanese power plant, and if it was, it would have to be a classic Aussie car. But um, the last few years, at least, um, there's been a bit more flexibility, and I think it's a lot 
not not a lot better, but I think it's really gained yeah. from. Yeah, well, we've sort of we spoke about it earlier about the magazines that have just dropped off the shelves, and again, you got to sort of celebrate Street Machine for picking up these more diverse mm. builds that weren't necessarily part of their repertoire prior to that. So yeah, I think no. it's a good thing. I reckon it, it's only doing them doing themselves favors by you know getting let, more fans. But let's not take away from how much I want to drive this car and how tough and fat this little car is. Seven hundred horsepower at the wheels. <laughs> Just the white, just the wide body and stuff too. Like it's it's horn. It's you know it's a Hoonigan spec bloody Cortina. And I love, the, I love the shoot by Chris as well. Like he's so consistent. Doesn't matter what time of day he's shooting, where he's shooting, or what he's shooting. It's just always spot on. Always on. He's the not money. bad, is he? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely his uh, consistency. Probably on the list to try and get on here as well at some stage. Yeah, sure. No, probably all right. We met him actually at the yearbook launch last, last year. year. This time last year, we met him actually. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, so probably do. A lot of things were happening. Twelve months, like we talked to someone, and twelve months later, we got him on the on the podcast. Or mm -hmm. twelve months later, had him back. So, well, Don Donny was actually mm -hmm. in last year's yearbook. So, yeah. now what did, what did you take as your top car then, Adrian? I I had I had to split it. I couldn't. Um, I've split it between two, so I've I've gone with the X XR. I'm a sucker for an XR. Yep. Um, so Grant, Grant Connors XR. And um, yeah, he's on page twenty six. Just and he, he, if you read the story, he's obviously a bit of an XR tragic. He's he's bronzy goal, a bronzy thing with the gold wheels. Took out the Sunnats Grand Champion a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that I don't know. I just just old school, bit of old school with the newish sort of wheels. You know, blower hanging out the bonnet. Not that we done silver. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> we all know I'm a silver tragic. Hmm. Yeah, but it was tugging. It was tugging my heartstrings, and I'm not necessarily as hooked on silver as you are. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, and the equal. Winner is Mark Spatieri's VK Blue Mini tribute with the tunnel ram. And I've just got actually a note here. There seems to be tunnel rams uh, popping up everywhere in this magazine. So yeah, it's good. No, I love the billet ram on that car. But, yeah, that's probably my favourite. But he blew and it's a manual as well. Like, yep. Um, I don't know. I just – look, they're, they're sort of popping up everywhere, the Blue Mini copies, but I love them. I I still reckon they're they're unreal. Love I'd love a VK. I've... At least this one doesn't have Simmons on it. No, it's just got the big big arrows, which I which once again are common, but I like it. I I reckon it's good. Very yeah. well done. So they're my, they were my two picks for top car, I suppose you could say. Well, well um, if we if we go back to the the contents page just for a second, and if you look at the shot that lines up with the number fifty eight, that's a pretty good looking shot right there. Uh, but that low rider, I gotta yeah, we've got to open up to the low rider, I reckon. That's where that's where I end up putting the most kicks. So Mark, yeah, Mark Sullivan. And he's so prolific. The so, 60, I mean, that's... The, the sixty-seven Riviera. Love it. Fourth or fifth series <laughs> that I've over the last uh, nine years. <laughs> what was that? Sorry, I missed missed part of that. I think it's the fourth or fifth car of his that I've photographed. Oh, oh really? Yeah. 
He's prolific. He's he's won uh, he's won um, Street Machine of the Year before. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. These are uh, Orange Monaro many years ago. Oh, there you go. No, it's it a seems bad... that I'm getting a bit of a feeling that the lowrider stuff is sort of starting to come back a bit. I mean, it, I don't know whether it actually truly went away, but you know, you know, back in I can remember back in the late nineties, early two thousands, like I think it was you know. Boys in the hood and <clears throat> that sort of that sort of thing. Yeah. The low riders were, I mean, they're still huge in the states, still massive in the states, and and I I, I just start to see a lot of them pop up on Instagram a bit more, um, in Australia, and and I'm a I'm a fan, and yeah. I don't think I've seen a Riviera done as a low rider. That the shape, the, the odd shape suits it, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it, and not, not yeah. In '67, sort of um, was a bit of a different one for me to set. Well, when I looked at seeing it done, but again, I was saying to you, I that's what I'd love to do to that '65 Corvette, as in panel paint it and stuff, mm-hmm. and a custom paint up on that car and roll little it on wheels, the, yeah, on, on little wires. But you know, just sort of blend her into that culture. But uh, so yeah, so and you want to tell us anything about the photos, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> Well, this, is normal, this is normally where we'd be going, oh, yeah, shot by Ben Hosking. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> Here we yeah. go again, shot by Ben Hosking. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah, that's, you know, the direct quote. I'm, I'm kind of loath to uh, admit it, but it's not one of my favourite shoots. No. Um, the kind of location was a bit compromised and I was running out of time to find somewhere that would have worked better, so I had... A lot of cleaning up to do with background distractions and reflections and stuff, but um, uh, which is a shame because the car is beautiful. But I, I guess the average person that's looking at it hopefully won't notice any of that. Yeah, um, looks I'm, good to me. I'm thinking of a shoot that I looked at earlier in the year, and I'm just trying to remember whether it was actually shot by yourself or someone else. But it was a bubble guarded Tirana, like an SLR type Tirana shot, on, and it was on a hoist for the majority of the shoot. It was just in the shed, like there was no location beyond the workshop, and it was still a really elaborate shoot. I've like, definitely got plenty of cars like that, but I don't remember, not on the hoist. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely in a fixed environment, but then translated like, yeah, pretty amazing just to realize. Um, yeah, it might have been, might have been near the hoist, or the hoist was in the background, but it definitely the car hadn't moved for the shoot. But the you know, the variety across the eight or nine shots, yeah, yeah it was really, yeah, really impressive. It's a testament to Mark because he does practically everything by himself. Um, like he sprays, does all the bodywork and the paint himself. Um, yeah, uh, and just it's like he finishes one and just starts another one. Like he's already got, <laughs> he's already got his second Continental sitting there. He's starting to tinker tinker with it as he collects parts, but because um, I shot his last Continental that was in Street Machine, you might remember it, the gunmetal metallic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was his with <clears> the <throat> orange trim. Yep. And the white Firebird with the big white and black rims. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, Firebird's <laughs> ringing a bell. Um, and uh, a long time ago, there was an orange and black two-tone 65 or 66 fastback with uh, trumpets out the bonnet. That was his as well. He just doesn't stop. (laughs) Good on him. No, good on him. That's really cool. So, no, that definitely was one. But, 
you know, again, I, you know, Kane Fiorenza with the VF hardtop, you know, got to shout that out, that yellow LX hatchback with the NASCAR engine of Paul and Blake Evans. And this is what I did. I just wrote down every car that was in there because they were all amazing cars. It was such a good buddy run. That HK with the buddy blown LSA in it and the Steelys, you know, like hard to deny any of these cars that are in there. Um but otherwise, that's every car in there marked as top <laughs> car in some capacity. So we covered the whole lot. No messing around. <laughs> okay. Whew. Best of the builds, Ao. Yeah, I had. Um, I had. Where are we? Page 111. Luke Easton's HG Kinger. I reckon that's going to be a, a winner. With some staunch meats under the back. 427 small block going on with some nitrous. Yep. Yeah, that definitely be a cool thing. I was nearly. I, I, I think I've still got to. I've got to give that Volkswagen bus dragged thing a, a bit of a mention because that is pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely put it. Yeah, I put it down there for a mention. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. my. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be hard to look away from, you know, like it's another one of those. I just want to see it progress. Sorry, Ben. Don't know if you remember, blue, don't know if, don't know if remember the blue um, ratty uh, single cab uh, called Grover. It was featured in Street Machine a few years ago and it had a blown, uh, it had a Harrop blown um, motor in it. Yeah, in it's it. Yeah, vaguely familiar. Yeah, I shot, I shot for a few other magazines, and um, I thought at the time that I'll probably never see a crazier bus than that. And <laughs> yeah, well, last time I saw a crazy bus, it sent me back to Custom Cars Oz because there's a guy in there building one with a um, 4.4 Leyland and stuff in the middle of it, but it's got a crazy chassis and it's just getting out of hand. But so yeah, sent me backwards, but he had to try and chase that one up and remember what it was. But um. <laughs> Yeah, um, and again, and James Mackey, come on down. Yeah, you made X Y not drifting. My mate now. You know it. Oh, you know him. This one. <laughs> I know him now. <laughs> so hard not to mention him when he turns up with the next ride in there. But the AU, yeah, looking at running a turbo motor and stuff, and going drifting in an AU now. I guess. Yeah, he's been uh, working on that on his Instagram for a little while. Yep, that's it. I also liked on page 112, uh, Jesse Scott and his dad playing with that 56 International. That's going to be a cool thing. Yep. The 304 out of the VS Malu and the Turbo 700, but just father and son project, old truck, you know, yeah, it's just the good stuff. Um, yeah, no, that was it, the Volkswagen. And page 111, I just wanted to know about that ute too, the XP ute. I'm wondering whether it's going to end up patinaed with that mad fabrication and stuff or whether it's um, going down the full build path. But it looked pretty tough lining up beside Clarkie's buddy Boomerang Van, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, so. Good. Yeah, pull them in together for a shoot. So. But, you know, there's some good projects and everybody is working on your cars in there. Damien Lowe building a buddy, giving his dad a VB. Going to make a start on that, Lowey. Looking into a VB build for his old man, SLA. That'll be cool. But every time you turn the page, and again, this issue, absolute cracking issue. 
Uh, but it, you don't get a mention. It's not your fault. <laughs> um, what are we up to next? I'm just going along the pages. Oh, yeah, page 118. Um, give, give a shout oh, out yeah. to Christine Sinney and her LCGDR, L, sorry, LJGDR if she won. Yeah, I had a um, mention. I'm pretty sure this was at Motorex. I reckon I was looking at it at Motorex. <laughs> it's a stunning car. Indoors or outdoors? I think it was inside. All right. Yep. Yep. No, definitely a stunning car for sure. Won't dispute that with you. Yeah, there's something about those little Tiranas. I'm a bit of a fan. Yeah. And she picked it too. She's just always wanted one. So you know, yep. that was the, that was the model she wanted. Which yeah, just cool story. Uh, Reader's Pride, mate. I reckon that's where we're looking for. But I just haven't found yep. the page yet. Uh, I reckon it's <clears> up. <throat> Around 140 somewhere because so I've got our friend uh, Dale yeah, slash go. Arnie in there. Yeah, no, opening on page 132, the readers right, readers rockets, mate. Yeah. But uh, did you have a pick for readers pride, mate? Uh, yeah, I had, I had a <clears> few <throat> to um, sort of mark down the the. Tirana on the main page, Joel Choice, Alex Hatch. Yep. That's a, that's a ripper. We've had yep. a, we've had a lot of good Tiranas this year. Oh, it's been a big year for hatchbacks, especially. Yeah. Um, not overly done, but just you know, you pop that bonnet and there you go. It's just tough. Yep. What's it pushing nine hundred <laughs> rear wheel horsepower or something? <laughs> ridiculous, but. Um, that one, and then over the page, I uh, I couldn't leave out the yellow XD of Michael Garney. That's a ripper too. I love that. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good looking one, mate, for sure. I don't know. There's something about those those, uh, those um, XD XE Falcons. I'm I'm really a big fan. But, you know. Anything you got there, Ben? <clears throat> yeah, it was definitely the Capri for me. Yeah, that's good. The Capri, yeah. yeah. Yep. One new Z with a Cadillac blower on it. Uh, yeah. A bit of, a bit of innovation. <clears throat> An alloy rod is expansional. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, well, I really struggled to look past the ZA Fairlane, whether they're in a car park. I knew you were going to pick up, that. I'll let that out. Up a friggin' driveway, you know, you know, wherever they are. They're just, to me, they're just big falcons and they're just a whole lot of cool. So, yeah, definitely had to go with Brett Page's um, ZA. But then I like the BT1, that VK's back from a fresh paint up and stuff because he's taken his son to a few car events with it. So, and been in, been in his possession for a long time before that. Um, but page 136, Scott Mill with the HX. I swear it's, I had uh, sitting <clears throat> on the ground, isn't it? I had him sitting like that, but static. Like we'd cut two coils out of him and we'd heat the buddy back back coils till the buddy whole thing sat right. But you know, so I know yeah, the wonders of bags, but that's just yeah, that's just staunch, cool. And actually H J to H Z's come in to be special mentions too on the way through this mag. So there you go. Well, it'll be interesting because we're looking at photos on the old Sunday too far away or what we call our Sunday sesh, but um, 
What would our photographer friend Ben pick out of the photos on display in there, mate? Um, it's probably because I've got a little kid of my own, but I'd say it's Sarah Cross's photo of the legs hanging out from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I really like that. Yeah. Absolute ripper. It's the sentiment there I like. But, um, you know, I also like that uh, that notch back, kind of square back um, uh, stuff, like on uh, page 145 there, Anthony Burns. Um, uh, the Grand National. Yeah, I'm Grand definitely. National. Oh, it's a G body. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm not sure. I think it's a GX or something. There. Yeah. Well, yeah. They they had Monte Carlos and they had Grand Nationals and there was some others. There's some other yeah. variation of it, but the, yeah, I'm with you. I'm a big fan of them things. There's a crazy, there's a great crazy staunch one of them in me, but he special mentions as well on the same wrap. So. It'd be Kevin Hart's new. We can't leave out Arnie and Dale there. Arnie, Dale's big blue truck down the bottom. That's it. The diesel boy truck shot by uh, Bonnie. Arnie's automotive photography. Air actually, I think he sent it in. Did a bit of a sneak attack on her. So. Sneak attack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I, I had to shout out the iconic shot. I thought you'd go for the 57 with the GT and the... Uh, yeah, I've got it on here. The Cobar pick I've got, given that I've, thanks to uh, the Moses McCready family video store, I've just recently revisited running on empty. So yeah, I had to put those three vehicles down <laughs> on the list. Yeah, no, very cool. Glad we could make that happen. So. It's funny. Like, I haven't watched It's been, it'd have to be 30 plus years since I've seen that movie. And, um, it was still a good watch. Yep. Like, um, it translates well. Well, you just sort of sit there and, you know, obviously you get the little one liners throughout this little, you know, community we're in. And then they pop up on the movies. Ah, oh, that's where it's from. Or hey, I remember this and I remember that. <laughs> and I will say the, the, um, the, the race scene at the end was, a bit underwhelming that I remember <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> but no, it's still a good watch. Go and, yeah. go and watch it. If you haven't seen it for a while, go and have a look at it. So, so yeah, it's held, uh, up, held up with age like us? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unlike me, who looks old enough to be my old man, so <laughs> yeah, you get that. <laughs> Anything else from Sunday too far away? Sunday sesh? Um. No, I think that wrap that about wrapped me on that one. I reckon. Just trying to find my first page of notes for me. Got any special mentions? Well, I had I had a tough shot, and it sort of relates to a special mention. I mean, I've just I've just done special mentions, I suppose. But that um, story on pro touring fabrication. Yeah. Um, oh man, how good is how good are those? Is that, is that team, like, the stuff they've, they put out is unreal. But my tough shot is on page, uh, what are we, 69, I think. Six, 69, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's the three cars up the top that they're working on. And yeah. I don't know, that, that, that just, those three cars just look like they're about to punch on or something, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 
That's a, that's a staunch shot. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to our listeners, you know, 69, the year I was born too. Yeah, put that in there. So, yeah, nice. Nice. But seeing that, like, they had a couple of cars down at Motorex and, like, their work is unreal. Like, yeah, I was just looking under that shot, that shot up on the hoist, just looking under that car. Yeah, like, pretty incredible. I would love to have the money to send a car to, you know, to get this sort of treatment. I reckon it'd be unreal. Yeah. But, um, that actually sees me out of my mentions and and whatnot. So I'm I'll be a passenger from now on. You got a, you got other special mentions in there, Ben? Things that you were drawn to that you might want to bring up? Or well, I, I had a tough tough shot. Um, I liked Alastair Brooks' photo shoot on the blue VK. Mm. Yeah, I just think uh, you know his lighting was quite. I won't say natural. Because you know, having strobe in a car from all angles is never natural, but um, it's quite moody. But I also like his use of foreground objects, like the palettes and and stuff like that. And actually, I'm familiar with the location because I've I've got that uh, image conversions XM Falcon there as well. It's actually next door to their workshop. Ah, yeah. okay. And uh, yeah, he's just been consistent that there with all the exterior shots. You can see little bits of foreground blurred out at the front it just gives it a real mood and atmosphere and um just that opening yeah. shot the angles right you know it's low it's just got the front three quarter angle perfect and um, yeah that's nice I just, and it's yeah. a cool car as well yeah love it but yeah you're right the pictures are pretty good and uh honorable mention for me would be um ellen's work on the cover car like ellen as far as I'm aware, she's still the, the head of photography there and like a star photographer. And you can see why, because it doesn't matter what they send her out to do. She just nails it. Like, yep. she, yeah. I don't know. I think she was a little bit late to the light. I was going to say, I don't remember seeing her name. Oh, did, oh, hang on. Did she do the Porsche that we were bagging out last month? <laughs> well, we weren't bagging it out. Well, no, we not bagging it out. Just commenting on it. The pictures are a bit dark. We felt we felt it was dark. We felt the whole shoot was a bit dark to really display that car or to show that to boost the car. I don't know. It yep. just seemed it seemed maybe a little too moody, but I don't know. We find fine line between creating something moody and artful and something mm. that portrays the car, and it's it's always. Difficult straddling that line, but um, and I know, like you know, that AO's been a mad fan of the Porsche from the moment we've sort of had a chance to look around it, as well as following it online before the build. But yeah, he was a little disappointed with the way it was shot, I reckon too. But um, and I wasn't entirely, you know, I just wanted to be sold on that car. And all I of didn't, it. I didn't actually make note of who took the pictures. But anyway, I'm not, we're not no. having, having a go. We just no, no, it's still, still done. amazing car. Great to see it in there for sure. And um, yeah, don't no. hold me, Sammy, hold me accountable for being bloody pedantic. Um, and also, I want to mention broadcast right up to just the optimistic look towards 2023. Summer nets, all the entrant places are filled. Drag challenge entries for January's drag challenge event also filled. Which is pretty cool. Oh man, did you see the footage of Symbolics HQ the other day? Uh, no, I didn't watch that video. Six, six, um, six three or some ridiculous time that thing just did it. <laughs> yeah, and 
But see, I was like, I hadn't done any homework till I sat down at about five o'clock, five thirty this Savo. But you know, page ten, I want to shout out the psycho um, VSU coming back. That's pretty cool. Yep. Because you know, yeah, a lot. yeah, pretty happy to see that on on the return with its murals and all its points of difference. So. <laughs> Yeah, the HR that's in the build as well. So um, Craig McKenzie's HR that's yeah, pretty much getting changed up a little in its colours and everything, but coming back to us. Um, yeah, see, the, the Dodge, the 69 Dodge, 69, dude, it's coming back up. And on page uh, 14, Sasha Swainaker's uh, Dodge pickup. Like, how friggin' cool is that? And this is where I was going to mention HJs to HZs, but we're at page 16 and 17, which is, um, yeah, the snapshots article by Simo with Marcus Thomas, but XX308 being parked up there. Can't see enough photos of that, man. That's the, uh, is that what Matty Waters has got the tailgate from? Is that the car or is that another car he's got the tailgate on his panel van? I can tell you Chris Brown's got the rear wheels off it um, in his place. Um, I'm not sure whether it was the one off that van or not. Can't yeah. determine. But Marcus Thomas has got that um, dark blue van on the right-hand side that's cool as. So, um, shout out Ken Malcolm. Got his van back with the top tailgate painted. So happy Ken back in his car. Uh, letter of the month on page... 21 by Alan Jackson and Alan Jackson was posing questions about what would have happened if Ford hadn't have dropped the ball around the late 80s and early 90s when it came to V8 production and what Ford might have then gone on to produce in line with um, Holden and LSs and all that sort of stuff. But I just wanted to remind the world that the uh, bottom end of Bruce Howie's XLU came from a bog stock NA Fairlane Windsor and all his stuff on top of that and that thing's running mid tens. So <laughs> nothing wrong with it. No, nothing wrong with those Windsors, Alan Jackson. So, you know, you can still consider one. So I could go on all night like this, but we probably don't need to. Um anything else? Ben, has our guest got anything? Uh no, I think that's been, you know, good deep coverage on the mag. Yep. Good to see Jazzy Green, a bit of a photo with a letter in uh, Jazzy's been out cruising around with the trophy on the passenger seat. And done I see she was at Classic Japan at the weekend. <laughs> done a heap of days all over Victoria. So, yeah, no, it was good to see. People were a bit excited. Page 82 in that magazine had the Harrigan's Rod and Custom Show, um, which we plugged. I just want to find out where I was bloody going to drag you to have a look at another one of those um, Grand Nationals. but. Uh, yeah, it was, the, it was Kevin Hart's one at SEMA. Oh, yeah, it was the SEMA one. So yeah. SEMA was good. Um, William Porker's article on porting heads, you know, just sort of, you know, probably empowers people to have a go at their own stuff. Um, poster, going to hang the XR up, mate, or the VF? Uh, yeah, the XR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that about sees me out, I reckon. Yep. Happy. Now, well, this is where Scotty gets to place his new death metal music chat. Oh, hang on. Uh, there. Do you want to hear it? Horns. <laughs> Horns up. There we go. 
Laser charge. <laughs> uh, oh, it's better than I'd imagine. <laughs> so much better than I'd imagine. Well, in this part of our uh, podcast, Ben, this is where we discuss what we listen to. So have you got a bit of a mu- musical passion, mate? Well, any bands you want to sort of mention? Because we're building a Spotify playlist. So Yeah. I was I was coming into this. I was wondering how much metal because I'm a metal guy. Not that I don't listen to other stuff, but um, until I saw uh, the damaged hoodie, there, uh, <laughs> play much of a role here. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think personally, the ones I'd like to shout out the most uh, a local band here in Hunter Valley called Lycanthrope. They yeah. um, they've been kicking some goals lately. They've been at it for over ten years, but um, they recently won a band competition to go and play Wacken in Germany. Oh, yeah. awesome. I would love to go to Wacken. It was a whirlwind, whirlwind turnaround to get over there and they blew a ton of money to do it, but yeah. um, had, had a, you know, making some huge memories. And then just over the weekend, they played um, uh, the Good Things Festival in Sydney as well to a big crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So really like get some gold. Like it as in. Local. Lycanthrope as, as it lycanthrope as in spelled L I C H E N. Thrope. L L Y C A N. Oh yeah, lycan. Oh yeah, yeah, werewolf stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thrope. Gotcha. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking moss. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a Victorian band called Circles. They just got a new album out. I've been a yeah. fan of them since the first EP. I used to read Metal Hammer from the UK rapidly and I'd always find new bits through their CD reviews and found a review on their first EP back then, maybe 10 years ago, and I've been a big yeah. fan ever since. The stuff has evolved, a bit more melodic, but yeah. um, definitely checking out. They're yeah. prog, aren't they? Yeah, they started off probably in the gent category but have progressed more and more prog since then and the latest one, because they got a new singer slash guitarist on the last two releases and... I think he's, I don't know if it's just been a natural thing or if he's steered them away a little bit. It's been a bit, bit more melodic, a bit more um, kind of conventional song structures, but uh, it hasn't suffered for it. I want to say they supported <clears throat> Periphery when I saw them here in Melbourne, but I might be wrong. No, they would. They did. I think they did. How was that that day? Yeah, Periphery and Tesseract. I yep. actually got to see them. Was that back in 2010, their first tour? Yeah, I reckon. Or was it the someone? Shit, I don't know. Was it um, Max Live, I think? Yeah. I actually, uh, the Annandale in Sydney, I got to see Tesseract and Periphery on their first tour, and they were still like full DIY, merch table stuff, you know. <laughs> it was, but it was a mosh pit from the front, the yeah. stage right to the front. <clears throat> yeah, when you were standing up on the I like yeah. to shoot. Before I had a kid, I used to like shooting gigs for fun just because they would get me up in the, the front right there. Yeah. But I was actually standing on the bar at the Annandale taking photos because there wasn't enough room and there was no mosh barrier. When you wonder how metal fits in, I spent about two years in metal promotion just bringing bands from Melbourne to Ballarat, Ballarat bands down to Melbourne. We ran across to Adelaide with four bands from Melbourne and, yeah, had a bit of a ball, but there's something, you know, 
we have only been four or five years ago, this old head would have been bouncing around in the mosh pit and all the young ones looking at me and sort of light up and realise they don't have to leave it behind at some point. So, yeah, no, don't, don't mind it. It'll get a little swept up in the moment. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. What have you been, Bob? That's yeah. good enough. Happy, happy? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I was supposed to say Nay Oblivascaris too because someone yeah. was talking to me about them on the weekend, so we probably need to add, add a couple of their tracks to the uh, to the Spotify buddy, what do we call it, playlist? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've seen them a couple of times. They're great. Whether they've got new stuff coming next year. Yeah, awesome. I met Tim one night down at um, oh, where were we down at the buddy down at the not the palace, the Espy. They were playing at the Espy, and I met him down there, and I just had a bit of a smile because you know, looks like an accountant, plays violin in a metal band, like he's just you know. But we were talking about because I was going to put seventy bands into um, Crow Castle over thirty six hours. We'd been buddy doing a, working on a business model for about two years, so he was a really good go to for me, you know. Sort of bit of a mentor, you could pick his brain a bit. So, yeah, no, good boys. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, hey, hey, what have you been listening to, mate? Uh, well, as, as Scotty would say, the um, what does he call me? The chameleon. The Can't enigma. make up my mind. The enigma. <laughs> uh, I'll start off with, uh, with the waifs. We went and saw the waifs over in Hepburn, so sort of. Uh, I don't really need to refresh on the waves, but on the way over, we had to listen to them. Uh, rip, a, rip a gig over there. I've never been to the Palais in Hepburn. It's a nice little real sort of small small venue and get up nice and close. It was good. Uh, Disturbed for the new album. Ella loved the waves, mate. Yep. Yep, perfect. It was a win. It was good. It was actually a really, really good gig the last time we've seen them have been at sort of bigger venues and you could tell they liked being back in those smaller yeah well, I saw. Josh, josh was going off he's like the guitarist josh cunningham absolute weapon on the guitar he was just in full flight it was it was unreal yeah well, that's where toby and i went to see um paul dempsey play his solo show there so that was pretty bloody sweet to be just up close and you know yeah it's a good place um, yeah, so then Disturbed's new album, I, I don't mind it. I, I didn't really like their last one much, but this new one's pretty good, Divisive. I've you heard it yet, Scotty? No, I have not listened to it yet. Yeah, don't mind that. Uh, little sister duo from the States called Lark and Poe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Blues rock. Blues, yep. blues rock. Um, I think it's their sort of their first real album. They've had a few EPs and stuff. So Blood Harmony is the name of the thing, yeah. and um, just is unreal. Lar is that Larrick and Poe or Lar no, oh, Larkin? Larkin. Larkin. Oh, yeah. right. Larkin yeah. Poe. Yeah, cool. Now uh, Megan and Re Rebecca, I think their name is. So one plays the. He's got a strap uh, and sings, and the other one does the slide guitar and does the harmonies. I mean, they're both. Wicked singers, but yep. just real good. Lots of distortion on the on the slide, just harmonies. So yeah, have a listen to that. And Guns and Roses have released the super deluxe version of Use Your Illusion. <laughs> There's like four discs on it or something, but the last Cash two count. discs. Well, I think it is. It's supposed to be like remastered tracks, but. The reason I'm listening to it is there's um, 
the last two discs are actually live from like the 90s in the New York and the Ritz and uh, and I've never really heard Gun Brothers live so I've sort of been flogging that a little have bit because have, have you been have you been paying attention to any reviews of the current tour the current oh, down in New down in News you see that stupid woman that copped the microphone in the face like yeah no it was. Well, someone I don't know people I know are bloody shooting videos like they love it, and then someone said that you know it was if it wasn't if Slash wasn't there, the whole thing would be atrocious. So, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but anyway, so that's that's what I've been uh, yeah. listening to of late, and the usual you know podcasts and et cetera, et cetera. I don't know whether I've mentioned Marcy Playground here before or not, but I might add some Marcy Playground to our playlist though. So yeah. just to keep everybody confused. But um, the Triumvirate, a band called the Triumvirate. Yeah, you um, caught me out with that. Yeah, Southern Royalty. I thought Don't for mind sure. it. Well, no, you shared it to me and I'm looking at the cover going, well, that's some power metal from the 80s that I haven't heard of. And I'm like, I'll give that a listen. It's fucking, oh, no. fucking hip hop. Yeah, you got to go. you got to go to the... Yeah, well, AO put Cypress Hill into our Spotify list. Look up the Weed song by Buddy Triumvirate and play that. We'll put that in our list to balance our Cypress Hill. Um, so anyway, that was one. But um, And a Triumvirate, by the way, is like three officials or magistrates in a coalition is what Triumvirate means. So that might be you, me, and AO, Scotty. Um, and I want everyone be to get behind... And I want everyone to get behind the band Curious Yellow because currently on Spotify they have nine monthly listeners. I think I've driven it up from five. But um, <laughs> look up their song Goats. But they remind me a bit of the Fratellis, I guess. They've got a bit of swing and just a bit of variety, you know. So some of it even sounds like a bit of punk that might have been playing at the Bridgie back in the day. Under the Thumb, uh, Live at Liverpool and Goats Live or some things I'd suggest. But, you know. Nine listeners. <laughs> Nine monthly listeners, and I found them on Spotify. Oh, yeah. Imagine if all of a sudden they were touring, because I mentioned them in the Never Late podcast. God, I got Pantera back together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of which, I saw some video footage of them, them last week uh, on on the interwebs, and, man, they sound good. So I'll, I'll have no naysaying about the band not being Pantera because that sounded absolutely brilliant. Imagine if they being, come, I'm going. Imagine being Zach Wilde and Charlie Benanti having oh. to step up into those those shoes. You've got a side in this conversation, Ben? Uh, I think it's important that the music lives on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, like, I saw Phil... Couple of years ago at, at Soundwave with Down, and it, it wasn't. It's like, yeah, yeah no, nah, this bit. What I saw on the video footage uh, from a couple of days ago, it, that was that was Phil. Yeah, it's well, like, even, yeah, he's back. Well, even Boy, he's another, back. Hey, well, even on even on another angle, where now no one's buying music, everyone's just downloading music. There's no income unless you're allowed to play. So, you know, people would be denied income under those circumstances because that's what, you know, most artists will say there's no money to be made in the recorded music. It's all in the show. So, you know, once I, don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. No, no, that's it. I mean, once upon a time you could write that killer rock and roll album and just go and retire by your swimming pool in Malibu with bloody prostitutes and cocaine. <laughs> and, but, you know, those, day, those days are gone. you got to get out and work. 
Scotty's music tips. Oh, no, well, Scotty will always bring us some joy. Well, since we last spoke, I finally saw the Black Crows. Mm. That was one to remember. Can we have a review? Oh, just, yeah, it's like to be that, like Chris Robinson, what, he'd be 60, close to 60. Yep. Yep. Still got the voice of what he did when he was 20. Yeah. That pitch too that, you know, just hasn't dropped as opposed to probably Axel Rose since we were speaking of him <laughs> Saturday night. Like apparently that might have been hit and miss with his vocals. Yeah. And, I think it's always been the case with that bloke though. Like, yeah. But it's always the singers that, that cop it. You know, they're the ones that seem like in their later years tend to <laughs> let the team down, so to speak. But Trust, have you heard Bon Jovi in the last 10 years? Probably not the last 20. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Vince Neil. Vince Neil, perfect. Yeah, Vince Neil. Last yep. tour that I saw them, he was fucking atrocious. But, but you know, I, age and I alcohol said, and whatever takes its toll said, eventually. But, I, but I'm on record as saying if you went to see Aussie and Aussie was atrocious, you'd still be there looking up at the stage going, fuck me, it's Aussie Osborne. Like you'd forgive Aussie everything. I well, reckon. that's that's the thing. Uh, the last Black Sabbath up, tour, he wasn't atrocious. He was, he was on song. Yeah, yeah he was. I'm just being impressed to see him standing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> even, fa- yeah. even facing the right direction is a bonus. <laughs> if, if you can, if you got, um, I know it's a bit of uh, um, blowing my own trumpet, but if I could get my own band in there yeah, into your playlist. Do it, do oh, it. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, where the Devil. Where, the, where the Devil. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is. Started off as a bit of a gag, you know, like you imagine the British guy, where the devil are my glasses? Um, yep. Yep. Um, so that's how it's spelled. But uh, yeah, we've got six singles out and um, playing playing this Saturday at the Newcastle Hotel. Absolutely. Yeah. What Get genre? On Get on down there in metal. the Newcastle area. Sorry, Ben, what genre? We just call it metal. It's a bit all over the place in terms of subgenres. Cool. But, um, yep. So where can we find this work? Uh, you'd be able to, I don't know, your playlist is on Spotify? Yep. 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 It's on, on, we'll find it on Spotify. Right. We'll we'll get Ben Osking on this. So you're a guitarist, obviously, any singing? Yeah, back oh, backing vocals, screams, yep. if you like. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's oh, yeah. good. Cool. So if you're that's in the heart of it, if you're listening, then uh, get on down on Saturday. Where was we'll that? Give us a full plug. What what pub? Uh, Newcastle Hotel. Yep. The Newcastle Hotel. You can get there, Scotty. <laughs> no, not this weekend. Not this we were up weekend. there a couple of months ago. Just drove through for a quick stop in Newcastle. Yeah. Or if you're in the vicinity of Ballarat Saturday and not Newcastle, you can just head straight to uh, the Masters Car Park in Learmont, uh, Learmont Road for the Ballarat Street Meet or... Meet us Sunday morning at 8.30, 8.15 at Zagami's to head out to the Beaufort. Oh, yeah. That's probably a podcast, is it? I think I think that's a wrap, mate. Thank you very much, Mr. Hosking, for uh, coming on. It's been great having a chat to you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. And I actually um, spoke to Telfo at the Bayswater North primary school um, car show up there and I'd mentioned who we had coming on board to do the yearbook and he said oh you'll really like that and he looked at me and he said 
he's a really nice bloke, you know, and I think <laughs> we're on the record as saying we won't have ourselves in our podcast, you know, so I reckon Telfo just made sure that I knew that we'd yeah, got a quality bloody bloke in you, so <laughs> yeah, it was an amusing moment. Yeah, uh, so. look, thanks for taking time out on this Monday night. Probably taking up way too much of your time, but appreciate it, mate. If Scotty does the does everything right, we should have it out on Thursday. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, you're allowed a couple of them. <laughs> thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Uh, thanks, heaps, mate. See ya. See ya. See ya. This is the old standoff. That's it. What, the Mexican standoff of... Oh, he's gone. Yeah, that's it. Hey, there we go. <laughs> No, it's just three mates fucking hanging out in a room. <laughs>